Veronica has her sword, Tom has his laser, and I have my mind. And a mind needs books and this podcast as a sword needs a whetstone if it's to keep its edge. Go to patreon.com slash sword and laser to pledge support and sharpen your mind. Hey everyone, welcome to the Sword and Laser. I'm Veronica Belmont. And I'm Tom Merritt. Sword and Laser is a book club, but it's so much more. We bring you author interviews, news from the world of science fiction and fantasy, and of course, awesome discussions from fans just like you. I mean, almost a almost like a clone of you. There's so much like you. But they have mustaches. Exactly. That's how you know for they're from the other universe, right? Is it possible we've made this joke before? I think probably more than <laughs> once. <laughs> After 13 years. But slight variations like. <laughs> every time because we are also from other universes. Yeah. Someone someone on Twitter, I think, called our podcast amusing. Yeah. And for some reason, the word amusing, it, it felt... It, it, hi, Brian. I think your name was Brian, if you're listening. <laughs> hey, like, Brian. I knew it was meant positively, uh-huh. but for some reason, amusing felt kind of like, it's amusing. Yeah. I mean, it's not good. <laughs> it's not good. It's amusing. <laughs> <laughs> we know you didn't mean that, Brian. Unless you we, did. I know. Yeah, unless you did, but either way. But I appreciate you um, totally. recommending the show totally. to other, Thank you. other yeah. people on Twitter. Always extremely Do well we amuse you? Are we a joke to you? <laughs> I hope we're a joke to somebody. I think we all yeah. need a little extra laughter That's in true. our day. That's true. That's a you very know? good point. So. Mm-hmm. Good, good for, good for us. <laughs> Bully for us. Um, so, Tom, I wanted to cover one thing before we get started, mm. and that is your giant worm. Oh, yes, <laughs> I have a parasite, everyone, but I'm being treated for it. Uh, no, uh, longtime listeners, maybe like a month or so ago, uh, may remember we, we covered the. Uh, was it? Was it like last year? Was it around? It was because it was during. It was before Dune came out. Yeah, that's true. It was. But we covered uh, the Dune bookends that were being uh, mm-hmm. made available by Dark Horse. And you may have noticed me sort of maybe admit that I had ordered them while we were doing the show. And they <laughs> arrived uh, a week Yay! ago. So uh, they are sitting behind me in my podcast studio, uh, the keeping books up because they're bookends. So you have the the front end of the worm with the mouth on one end, and then you have your books in the middle, and then you have the little butt end on the other. Yeah, I was I was cracking up because they are um, huge. Like, text sending me a text message, and he's like, way bigger than I expected them to be. Yeah, and, and if uh, you're in our uh, Discord, uh, I, I sent some pictures there. I, I tried to put something for scale so you can understand. Are they very heavy? They must be pretty they're heavy. They're pretty heavy. Too. Yeah, yeah. They're solid. Because yeah. they're they're yeah, they're not hollow. They're not made of plastic. These are these are ceramics. So that's kind of like the whole point. I mean, for for bookends, you need them to be weighty. Yeah. So yeah, actually, you want them to be weighty from... and and they're quality, man. They're good. It's good stuff. Nice. Well, congratulations. I feel like that was a lot. We had all forgotten that that was a thing that was going to happen. Of and we got to see too. the conclusion. Because <laughs> the shipping kind of was unknown. And then I got a Dark Horse yeah. direct email, but it didn't say what it was. It just said, oh, your thing has shipped, which I hate. Amazon does that too. We're like, your thing is shipped. Totally. I'm like, I don't know what thing. But that was the thing. Yeah, I get, I get something like that. Like there's some... 
some delivery that I get semi-regularly. I can't remember if it's like my prescriptions or something. Like I just get like a shipment notification, but it doesn't tell me what it is. And I'm always like, ooh, surprises. <laughs> Presents. And I'm like, oh, disappointing. Oh, contact lens solution. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. So not as uh, Yes, Tom right. they do smell like spice. Do so, they really? I mean, if you want them to, they do. All right. Well, you can make them smell that way. I mean, if you so that's if nice. you believe, then they do. All right. Well, let's jump into the quick burns. Mark points out that the Hugo 2022 finalists that have been announced, a few, more than a one person was like, "Did we just have the Hugos?" But remember, the Hugos last year were delayed, uh, and uh, they're trying to get back on a regular schedule. So, it, yes, it is very quick after the announcement of the last Hugos. But uh, two finalists are Sword and Laser picks. Here are the finalists. If you haven't heard them already, I bet most of you have. But just if you haven't, a desolation called Peace by Arcady Martin, the Galaxy and the Ground Within by Becky Chambers, Light from Uncommon Stars by Rika Aoki, a Master of Jin by P. Jelly Clark. Uh, Project Hail Mary by Andy Weir and She Who Became the Sun by Shelley Parker Chan. Nice. That's the only one I don't know, actually. So I feel mm-hmm. like I should check that one out because yeah. I feel like it's, you know, obviously got some good buzz. And four, I just four previous reads, two actual books that we've read, uh, and then two other mm-hmm. authors who we've read books from them. Yes. And Desolation Called Peace was the is the sequel to... Um, a book that we did read. Oh, so full, so uh, only Shelley Parker Chan. We haven't read. You're right. I forgot. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, th- so five authors that we've read. Yes. Yes. I can. So count. very cool. <laughs> it's all right. It's hard. You know, we all have a hard time remembering all the things that we've read and all the authors we've, One, we've three, done two. in the past. So very, very cool. Congratulations to all the nominees. Can't Yay! wait to see who the winner is going to be. Cool, cool, cool. Mark also says that uh, Joel Edgerton in Star, uh, two, sorry, Joel Edgerton is going to star in a series adaptation of Blake Crouch's Dark Matter over on Apple. Um, Mark goes on to say that I haven't read Dark Matter yet, but the book and the TV show look interesting. There's too much television because I should be very good- excited about this. And yet I'm like, oh gosh, one more thing that I must add to my list. Yeah, he will be, um, this actor um, is going to be uh, next seen on the Disney Plus uh, Star Wars series, Obi-Wan Kenobi, um, reprising the role of Owen Lars. Um, He's also been in the Underground Railroad on Amazon. Uh, He's been in The Gift, uh, The Great Gatsby. Um, Let's see, he's also done a lot of directing. Um, So pretty cool. Very, very good. I'm going to check out the book too. Yeah, Yeah. I'm not familiar with the book. I haven't read it. And uh, if you're like Tom, that's not enough television for you to say there's too much television. How about this? Emily St. John Mandel and HBO Max uh, are in the news. Station 11's Emily St. John Mandel and Patrick Somerville are teaming up for The Glass Hotel and Sea of Tranquility series adaptations uh, for HBO Max. Uh, sea of Tranquility, as Mark points out, is science fiction. The other one is just mainstream, not just, but is mainstream fiction, not not genre fiction. Okay. Very cool. Nice. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I, uh, we don't know too much about these yet. Uh, I'm curious to see if they're also going to be like limited series. Too many shows. Watch all shows. What are you watching? How many, how many shows? Oh what shows God. do you feel like you're missing right now? I'm behind mm-hmm. on Atlanta. 
Um, uh, the flight attendants coming back. Uh, don't know that one. Obi-Wan okay. Kenobi's about to start. Haven't started the second season of Bridgerton yet. Dairy Girls oh, is coming oh, back. Good. Behind on mm-hmm. Outlander. Behind on Upload. Yep. Behind on Killing Eve. Upload came back? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Is it good? Uh, just finished Better Call Saul return. Uh, upload. Up, we're three episodes into Upload and I'm enjoying it. But it's not like mm-hmm. super compelling. Moon Knight. Uh, oh, I've heard the is new that episode good? just came out. It's okay. What's that it, on? It's on Disney Plus. Oh yeah, we canceled Disney Plus, so I don't know if I'm going to be going back to any of those. Mm. But we'll Strange see. New Worlds is coming. The new Star Trek that's on May fifth. Picard's <sighs> been on. I have kept up on Picard. Yeah, me too. And I've kept up on uh, um, Winning Time the hbo max one. show about the lakers that's mostly because oh. my wife's a huge lakers fan and she like mm-hmm. grew up watching that era that they're talking about excellent yeah yeah um i just found out yesterday that better call saul was back with like oh, a two and a half Arma, hour 1917 premiere, so. gave me the opportunity to point out that uh there's also, uh, we're trying to catch up on Mr. Sunshine, a K-drama. I'm trying to finish law school. Uh, we are watching Our Blues, but we're one behind on that. And uh, thankfully, we finished Forecasting Love and Weather and 2521. Eileen finished Business Proposal and then rec- recommended that I start watching it. So I've started that, but I've got to keep going on it. Those are all K-dramas. <laughs> How do you find time to, oh, you read when you're doing chores, don't you? I do audio And walk the dogs yep. and work out. Yeah. That's all. Like, how do you have so much time to both read and watch yeah. TV? Like, I, I can't. All right. Well, we have a, what, what did we ever figure out? A, a, a four, a four pack of a thing is a quadrilogy, quad, quad, quadrilly, a quad, quad, quartet. quaternity. Quaternity feels like an eternity. Quartet, a quartet, a quartet. quartet. Tom Homie says, "I like a quartet." Okay, cool. Yeah. A tetralogy isn't that five? Wouldn't a tetralogy be five? Mm. Mm. Petrology. Anyway, be. this is the fourth post for Mark. <laughs> if it is, yeah, good job, Mark. Fourth post. Yeah, well done, Mark. Good was job, the guy. Mark. Feels Thank like you. a different person's kind of stepping up. It's sometimes it's Jan, sometimes it's Mark. That's cool. I like it. Mm-hmm. Well, he says that a new from Flying Dog Brewery in Maryland. 451 Juicy IPA, a medium-bodied imperial celebrating the human spirit's innate thirst for knowledge, ideas, growth, and freedom. The name and artwork on the bottle refer to Fahrenheit 451, the 1953 dystopian novel about censorship by Ray Bradbury. Uh, Flying Dog 451 uh, Juicy IPA reminds us that banning books sucks. Uh, And yet uh, this beer has now been banned by several breweries. (laughs) No, it hasn't. I I, I hope not. Uh, Martin pointed out that Guy Gavriel K has a new book due May 17th called All the Seas of the World. Uh, Martin wrote, this author seems to run hot and cold with the sword and laser crowd. I think you could say that about every author, though. Uh, But anyway, uh, the Fianovar Tapestry is one of Martin's favorite series and surely ripe material for a TV show. So Martin always checks him out. And we have read uh, Geek Gabriel K before. So, yeah, go check it out. Did we read Tagana? Yes, that was the one we read. Okay. Hold up, though. Hold up, Tom, because we read that book and we talked about it. 
And never once did I hear you call him Guy. Oh, is he Guy? He's like Guy. Proper, we've always said Guy. Yes, I think he does go by Guy, even though he's Canadian. <laughs> okay. I just want to make sure that I'm not that. losing my mind. <laughs> I was like, because, yeah, all right. Maybe in a separate world, in a separate, you know, universe, we had, we had said it that way. And Guy Gabriel K. Gabriel. I know Gabriel? my um now there's I'm, a there's like everything. a hockey player Kay called Kai? like Guy Belmont. Guy Belmont. Guy, Guy. Belmont. Guy Belmont. So I always yeah. Guy. Anyway. Jackie says the Ignite Awards Committee is thrilled to announce the finalists for the 2022 Ignite Awards, and the awards seek to celebrate the vibrancy and diversity of the current and future landscape of science fiction, fantasy, and horror by recognizing incredible feats in storytelling and outstanding efforts towards inclusivity within the genre. Uh, the committee is made up of a FIACON staff and previous award winners of varying genders, sexualities, cultures, disabilities, and locations throughout the world. Uh, the whole list is worth pursuing, but of specific interest to SNL, the best novel adult category has both Light from Uncommon Stars and a Master of Gin. Mm -hmm. And Cody notes, Darcy Little Badger also has a book in the YA category, A Snake Falls to Earth. You know... I love how we all sort of rally around the authors we've read before and cheer for them in the awards. And and sometimes I feel a little weird because I'm like, well, just because we haven't read an author doesn't mean they're not great and deserving and everything. But it does feel like it's it's a, it's fun to have like, you know, made the best author win. But we've got a little little more stake in the game for the ones we've we've read here on the show. It's, it's cool. It's fun because they become part of the family in yeah, a way, you know, yeah. it's like it just it feels that way to us. All right. Well, thank you to everyone who submitted stories for Quick Burns. Um, you can do that, as always, over on Goodreads. Just look for the thread on Quick Burns or over on Discord. We have an entire channel or whatever they call them over on Discord dedicated to posting uh, the news of the week. Call, they call them. There oh, oh, uh, it's the community is the whole thing. It's a thread, I think. Maybe? I think it's a channel still. Really? Uh, okay. Is it a channel? Mm. I don't know. I'm in Slack land all day, so mm, I can't get my mind out of that space. Yeah, Discord's the same. Um, yeah. All right. Well, now it is time for Barrier Sword, which is our feedback from the audience. Now, we had a very confusing discussion in the last episode over the uh, April Fool's joke from Mary Robinette Kowal and Mark tweeting at it about us and I could have sworn we talked about it on the show and then we were like oh my gosh we're having a Mandela effect like right <laughs> before our eyes but it's a Mandela effect of two just me and Mark which was weird um but I reached out to Mary Robinette on Twitter and I was like why why would why would you toy with us like that like this is something I really really wanted like why would you why would you lie and she was like because I am an author and I tell lies for a living and for fun yeah I was like, oh, and she's valid. good at it. That's why you fell yeah. for it. Well, I fell for it because I wanted to believe it. Exactly. That's the best lie. The best lie combines you know? a little bit of truth and a little bit of desire. Mm -hmm. And it, it's just plausible enough to be realistic. Like, I didn't even question it. I didn't even question it. Mm. Um, so that was a good one. Yeah. And I, I saw it after April 1st. So that was another reason. And like this my brain was already out of the, yeah. Is why you should never believe anything you read online. <laughs> I know. <laughs> or here in a podcast. <laughs> well, I don't think we mentioned it on the, that was the whole Mandela effect. Well, there's you were the whole correct, thing. <laughs> you were correcting it. And I was like, but did we say it? Because it only got posted April 1st. 
That was that was weird. That was the weirdest part. Did of you it. know? Did you remember talking about it, or you didn't remember talking? Y- about yes, but we didn't. Okay. <laughs> so, th- so it's a Mandela effect of three. So yeah, the three of us. Okay. Uh huh. I mean, I didn't actually remember, but when when you had it in the rundown that it was an April Fool's joke, I was like, oh, we got fooled thinking like, oh, yeah, we totally talked about it. Then noticed that we couldn't have because of when it was posted. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, bizarre. Good. Good work, Mary Robinette. You're the best. Yep. All right. Uh, Christos uh, posted a thread. This is what a thread on Goodreads. You were talking about Discord. Discord's a channel. Goodreads is a threat. Yeah. Right? I got confused. No, I thought you were threads. talking about Goodreads. No, no, no. Okay, yeah. Uh, that, that explain. Okay, gotcha. I see what happened here. Uh, uh, Christo says, I know most people are tired of them, but I love pirate stories. Are most people tired of pirate stories? I don't know. I don't I know, know if that's know true. That's uh, Christo says, anyone recommend any good science fiction and fantasy pirate stories? Please no young adult books. I can't stand them. Well, at least you're honest. Uh, I've already read the Gentleman Bastard series. That would have been my recommendation. On Stranger Tides and Peter Pan. Any others? Mm -hmm. Hmm. Well, Trike said, um, Glenn Stewart and Lindsay Brooker have a few books about space pirates. I think space pirates can kind of open things up a little bit for you. I bet there's a lot of space pirate stories. Um, He goes on to say, I haven't read it but it came up during the Alistair Reynolds discussion that his book Revenger features space pirates. Uh, the K- the Ketty J books are a sort of fantasy firefly and they are tangentially about piracy, among other things. Uh, Retribution Falls is the first one. And On Stranger Tides was adapted into a Pirates of the Caribbean movie, but most people think the book is better. Uh, yeah, it sounds like Christos had already read On Stranger Tides. So then Silvana suggested The Scar by China Mayville. Uh, even though oh. pirates aren't the main topic, uh, there's a floating city made from pirated ships. Uh, Phillips couldn't praise enough Vox, a full action. And in a world where nobody can speak, every character uses sign language. Uh, Michael Crichton's oh. Pirate Latitudes. Obviously yeah, Ian Rebel Geek also mentions um, uh, Robin Hobbs' uh, Live Ship Trader trilogy has pirates in it. Um, including pirate POV and ship of magic. And I did, I read those decades ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't what about mortal engines? Would that yeah. count? It's not exactly the seas. <laughs> I think that counts, but there's, pi- but there's do- pirates in that world. Yeah. 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 Huh. Oh, I've also been watching, um, um, our flag means death. Oh, so good. It's super good. Yeah. So that's a fun, if you want, like, who's your goofy, favorite character in fun. Our Flag Means Death? Probably, oh, what's, um, well, Jim. Jim. And Jim's friend, partner. Mm-hmm. Friend, but maybe, maybe. more. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think they're, they're my favorite too. Uh, Jim, Jim right is now. without a doubt my favorite. Yeah. Jim is the yeah. best. I'm right there. Yeah. Right there. yeah. I follow Jim or the, the actor who plays Jim on TikTok as well. And they're incredible. Oh, what's their <laughs> it's name? really great. I want to memorize. You get a lot of, I can't remember their name either. And they have a really good, um, Vico. they do like some behind the scenes, um, like stories and stuff that I think are pretty cool. Uh, Vico Ortiz. Good. It's a good pirate. Cool. Yeah. I can't, um, I can't, I don't know. Pirate. I, I feel like there's probably a lot more pirate recommendations out there. So if you have pirate yeah, recommendations, Send them into Goodreads or drop us a line on Twitter and we'll let Christos know. 
And then finally, um, we had a thread from a while back, actually, but I wanted to uh, bring it up because I thought it was interesting from Brad, who said, what are some good DRM-free ebook stores that support the Kindle file format Uh, with the unmitigated disaster that is the new Comixology update and it's folding into Amazon completely? I no longer want to give Amazon my money, so I'm looking for alternatives to everything that I would normally purchase on Amazon, but you still want it to work on Kindle, so you probably have a Kindle. You want to be able to use that. Um, but yeah, you can do, I mean, I send PDFs to myself for things that I get online to my Kindle, um, email address. But where do you get the books? Yeah. Like Tor, like I've, so like when Mm -hmm. Tor has free, free, um, short stories and stuff like that, I save them as PDFs and send them to my Kindle. You can buy from Bain books, DRM free, anything that Bain publishes, obviously just Bain. Uh, Clyde suggested uh, standardbooks.org and gutenberg.org. Uh, standard ebooks. Mm-hmm. You have to have the E in there. Standardebooks.org and gutenberg.org. Those are all DM, are DRM free. And uh, um, standard ebooks apparently has Tor, Bain, Angry Robot, Smashwords, and Bookview Cafe. Oh, neat. And Trike says bookshop.org and Scribd. Um, have they carry DRM free books as well? Yeah, um, not all of them are DRM free. But if you, you can, can filter you can your search choose. by DRM free or not, that's a, that's a good question. Yeah, you'd probably have to do it on like a book by book basis, and then see if they were available to download as as DRM free. Um, and then Aaron further down has a number of suggestions. Um, he says, "Welcome to the No Amazon crowd." <laughs> so he's got some suggestions there as well. So yeah, check it out if you're looking for some DRM free things that you can send to your Kindle, read on your phone, or um, as Tomahome says in the chat, you can always convert it to Mobi as well. Very cool. Thanks for that. Keep that thread going Kindle. too, because I think a lot of people want to take advantage of that. Totally. All right, well, let's check in on our book of the month discussion. We are we are not wrapping up, right? We are saying we're not wrapping we, up. Well, hmm, should we? Mm. <laughs> nope. Okay. Nope. <laughs> no, we are not wrapping up until next time uh, when we'll do a wrap up and kickoff. Uh, we're also yeah. not announcing the next book on this episode, but. If you're a patron, you're going to get the book briefing as soon as I write it. <laughs> so Excellent. Yeah. Um, so we are reading A Master of Gin by uh, P. Jelly Clark. And I just realized that I linked to one of the things in the show notes without actually putting the link there. So I'm going to do that real fast. Hmm. Uh, oh, but well, while you, I do, while Tom. you do that, uh, I'll pass yeah. along Ruth's thread, uh, which Excellent. got me a little nervous. Uh uh, me too. Ruth, Ruth me titled too. it cultural appropriation. I was like, Oh no. And oh no. Several things went through my head. One was like, people bandy this about too much. Uh, second thing was like, you, if you understand the author, then it would be really hard to think this is cultural appropriation. However, I should never have doubted Ruth. Actually, I saw the title before I saw it was Ruth. If I had seen Ruth, I probably would have felt better already. Uh, But Ruth wrote, this is a book with a very cool setting in a steampunk alternate history Cairo, but it's not just set dressing. I think Clark is trying to do some cultural reappropriation here, claiming back the legacy of Egyptian culture from the British imperialism. In real life, there's been a lot of digs done in Egypt by British people, uh, not just British people, but a lot of British people, uh, resulting in many Egyptian artifacts ending up in the British Museum, and some people asking where exactly is the line between archaeology and grave robbing. In this book, we see the British have been thrown out of Egypt militarily, but still linger 
<clears throat> trying to use the magic and culture for their own benefit. I think there are some very deliberate choices here, which occasionally made me feel a little uncomfortable as a British person who loved seeing the Egyptian stuff in the British Museum as a child. What do you do you all think? Yeah, I actually loved that because it really is like there is a pivotal moment in the history of of the earth, essentially, that is centered around Cairo. And that makes Cairo like a huge power, like to, to in the world, like to and rival book jackets, Paris that's and not New a York. Spoiler, in yeah. case anybody's worried. Yeah. Right. And so like immediately you, we have this history divergence where like it was normal, normal historical things happening in the world and then something fantastical happens and now it's an alternate history where magic and fantastical elements and beings exist. And so that's kind of cool because there's no like background. It's it's the same history up until that one point mm-hmm. in time and then it branches off. And so with that you get to see like all these different ways that history plays out like with like what's going to happen with World War 1, what's going to happen with uh you know technology and art and culture and fashion and of course things like this like the 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 imperialists are essentially run out of town because they are not as powerful now as the as the humans and the jinn and the other beings that live and support and are building up cairo um and the rest of egypt um so it's it's super fascinating but yeah i 100 percent had the same like gut clench where i was like oh, what what did we do i think i <laughs> i think okay i like with the title uh i think i like the way clark handles it in many ways because it is not trying to be heavy-handed or preachy while being unapologetic uh and and i think that that just makes the i don't even want to say lesson but at the point it makes the point mm-hmm. land so well, uh, you have to keep in mind, and I think P.J. L.A. Clark really does a great job of, of honoring that history, that the imperialists up until a, uh, 12 or 1300s were the Islamic caliphates. They conquered Spain. They colonized Spain. It was looking like it was going to go the other direction. Uh, and then historical winds changed uh there there's lots of explanations and reasons why uh that i'm i'm not well enough informed on to to try to summarize them accurately uh but the renaissance happens in northern europe uh and southern europe and italy the the islamic empires are pushed back and it swings the other way and then the english defeat the spanish armada become the dominant power in europe uh push into egypt and and so it's not a like, well, no one would have done this except the evil English. It was like, well, the English had all the power and they did this. Now Egypt is getting power. What are yep. they going to do with it? It's not a like, exactly oh, and we're notes. so yeah. pure. It's 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 very much like there's good people and 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 there's conniving people, and then there's just people in the middle, uh, in in human humanity. Like humanity is not different mm-hmm. across uh, the aisle, but but yet power differentials and situations uh, change the way history goes. And I love the way P. Jelly Clark uh, treated that. It's like, man, what if Egypt had the power? I mean, 
Yeah. He, and and yet it wasn't like a fantasy in the sense of like they would have done everything right. It was like, no, it just causes some different complications and causes some things to not work out the the way they did otherwise. And Egypt becomes the power broker. I, I don't know. It's 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 so intricate and well thought out and well done. So I, I'm I, I hope none of that is considered spoilery, but I, I think that's, uh, that's no, one I of the things so. I love about it. Yeah, and then even Rick says basically exactly what you said in the in the thread, where that this book is is absolutely inverting the power dynamic, mm-hmm. um, and there's more to it too. Like like uh, Fatma's clothes being British in style are like a nod to an Egyptian who is super competent, a, a harbinger of new things. She's a woman in a very male dominated organization and industry. Um, and I think at one point they even show say her clothes are exotic. And that's exactly how you would have been referred to if you were an English person wearing, you know, clothes that came from Egypt. Sure. Like people in England would be saying your clothes were exotic. And now it's like, it's, yeah. And now that, that Cairo is like one of the centers for, of culture and fashion, like, you know, clothes seen from elsewhere are like, oh, interesting. How exotic. Um, So that's a, that's a, another way of kind of highlighting that, which I found interesting. Yeah. This is uh, this is, this is great stuff. Um, the other thing that was interesting, I was listening to an economist podcast today, and they were talking about modern Egypt. So this is definitely not a spoiler. This is actual things happening in actual modern history. Egypt. <laughs> yeah. uh, and you know, the different uh the different judgments handed down for foreigners versus uh natives about whether you can have uh strangers visit your house, etc. And one mm-hmm. of the things they brought up was how doormen play a part in uh, illicit trysts. And if you can get the doorman on your side, then you can maybe have a visitor that would be otherwise looked down upon or or get you in trouble, uh, get you maybe even in serious trouble. And I was like, oh, I know, I know about the whole doorman thing from from Master of Jin. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it's back then and it's fantasy versus now and real. But I was like, oh, that's still a thing in Egypt with the doorman. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. when they're like worried what the doorman thinks and like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. feel like they have to. Yeah, like, you got to get, get the doorman him. on your side and all that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of yeah. true in other places that have doormen. Uh, oh, that's for a sure. Function of it, but just the fact that that was story was about Egypt and and we're reading the story set mm-hmm. in Egypt, I thought was interesting. We also have a post from Austin on the setting. Um, he said that this was a fast read for me. It was gripping and a little pulpy, though not that's not a derogatory uh, in the way that he's putting it here, he says. Uh, the setting is fascinating for me, partly because I feel that it's a completely underrepresented uh, setting in other books I've read. Did anyone else find that the setting is a major part of this book's charm? Without it, I find that it's a standard but fun action romp with some light detective stuff peppered throughout. Certainly fine, uh, but I'll be remembering this book for years because of the setting. And he says, maybe setting is too vague of a word to describe what's intriguing to me. It encompasses so much in my eyes, the characters' backgrounds, culture, religion, the regional history, and of course, the architecture and physical space that the story takes place in. Um, so he goes on to say, do I just have a giant blind spot here? Uh, can anyone recommend any other speculative fiction books in a Middle Eastern setting? Um, um, yeah, Rick says City of Brass, sure. um, which we read. Yeah, I think the um, Alif the Unseen, G. Willow Bone. Wilson. We did that. That was recommended by Trike. Yeah, was Daughter of Smoke and Bone the one I'm thinking of that had the angels and the demons? 
Mm. Or is that a similarly titled? Uh, Saladin Ahmed, we've also read uh, Throne of the Crescent Moon. We we didn't. Oh, you read that. I didn't read that. Oh, we interviewed him for the the video I don't think we read it ever. Yeah. Uh, Did we not? We read G. Willow Wilson, though, right? I am. I'm remembering that right. Yeah. Did we? Did yeah, we? we did. At least the unseen to the wiki. October 2014. Oh, I have the wiki okay. open now. That's now a permanent part of my show. Just permanently, like yeah. it's part of your show prep is just have the wiki open. Perfect. There was yeah, a, and it was the the book I was thinking of was Daughter of Smoke and Bone uh, by uh, Leoni Taylor, which we uh, didn't read, but I read for Vaginal Fantasy, I think, and it was incredible. I loved it. I'm trying to figure out a book, and I, this is not one we read for the show. It was an alternate history uh where the islamic empire did not recede um hmm. and and it was set with, with basically flipping the script so you had uh you had islam dominating europe uh and you had christian you had christian countries on on, on the fringe and there were christian extremists and and all of that basically it was just telling a modern story but but flipping the script on the, oh on who's in, yeah, who's in power. Oh, I do remember talking about that or hearing about that. Oh, oh, someone's got to know. Someone, someone, tweet at us tomorrow and let us know what that is. That'd be an interesting one too. It was that alternate history. Yes, or was it? It was alternate history. Alternate history. Okay. Um, cool. But it was kind of set present-ish. Some of their yeah. tech was a little farther behind. Some of it was farther ahead. You know, they just kind of. Mm-hmm split the difference i'm I'm scrolling through my kindle library but man i i have a lot of you read a lot, a lot of things in my library mm-hmm. it turns out well that kind of yeah i'm enjoying the book so far i know um you finished you finished quickly yeah um, i ate it up <laughs> i found reasons yeah. to read this one it was really fun i um i'm enjoying it a lot the though my problem was that i went and read the um after after I think if it was I think it was Jenny or Terp Christen who was talking about the prequel, not the prequel, the like um, the novellas that came first. I went and read three out of four of them. Um, the one that I downloaded from Tor.com that was available on Tor is the one I need to read still. I just sent it to my Kindle yesterday. But because of that, I'm behind. I'm only like 45% of the way through. So I was actually a little worried I'm, I'm not going to finish it in time. I have to dedicate some some reading hours this weekend, um, you know, with my copious amounts of non-screaming baby time. <laughs> um, but it'll be fine. We'll figure it out. Um, uh, Mirage by Matt Ruff. Ooh, Nice. That's the, that's the book with the, uh, the with the alternate history. Very cool. Um, but yeah, I'm enjoying it so far. I think the characters are great. I love the the world building. So interesting to to learn about the other the other older religions that are kind of you know creeping up and and finding finding some some you know a good amount of followers in this yeah. world too. And, so and probably I, going back it. to the the thread about the setting, a lot of it has to do with the fact that it is it is just. I mean, there there are a lot of books written in languages that don't get translated, so you may not have access to them if if you only can read sure. in English, which you know that's a lot of us can only read in English, uh, and and so yeah, you may you may not have been exposed to enough of these, in which case the setting is going to be fascinating because what Clark does is a great job of telling a modern story with just a whole different set of assumptions. 
uh, not even assumptions isn't even the right world, just a whole different set of, of norms. Uh, you know? Yeah. I've actually been using the like Wikipedia and, and dictionary, uh, tools and on Kindle a lot, because there's a lot of words that they use in the book that I'm not familiar with <laughs> because they're not part of like my day-to-day life and language. And, and so, that's how you learn. That's great. Yeah. That's how you learn. So it's, that's been, that's been cool. And that's one good reason why I like to read on Kindle. Oh yeah, <laughs> so I can just fast. stop and highlight yeah. things and get some some background. Um, cool, but that's that kind of wraps up this episode. Um, yeah, like I said, we'll we'll finish off this book next on the next episode. Um, sorry if you were expecting a wrap up this week. I'm a little behind. It's one of those awkward dates where we're like not quite it's a at the end of the early, month. Little early, little on the early side. Yeah. It's a hair early. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we're not I, even I to it. the deadline for picking the book for the next month. So that's okay. that's a good indicator that we're early. Though Tom has picked, which is, he, as of tonight, we have landed on one. So we'll share that out soon to the patrons. Yeah, the 22nd is when I have my task for write the book briefing. Uh, but now Excellent. I will have to do it tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> why? Wait, why tomorrow? Well, because we just told everybody that I picked it, so I feel like I should do it tomorrow. Oh, oh, you don't, I mean, I guess. I actually, I'll, I'll, I'll have time. time. I'll it's have time. Fine. I'll get, I'll get it up. It's, it's, they still have plenty of time. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, our show is currently entirely funded by you, our patrons. Um, thank you so much to the show. Uh, thank you so much to the show. Mm. Thank you so much to the folks who back our show. If you want to help too. support us, you can head over to patreon.com slash sword and laser. You can also support the show by buying books through our links. You can find links to the books we talk about and some of our favorites at swordandlaser.com slash picks. Send us an email, feedback at swordandlaser.com. We are on Instagram and Twitter. If you have comments you want to send to us there, uh, the handle is at swordandlaser. And of course, all of our discussions happen over on goodreads.com slash swordandlaser and Discord. So you can chat with us there in either places. If you like forums, if you like live chat, we got it all. And we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Visit frogpants.com. Audio program so good, it's like you're there.